This Fits Audio welcomes you to Strange Stories, an audio anthology series of odd and unusual tales that can take place anywhere and anywhere. Sit back, open your ears, be comfortable, and let your imagination take flight. Remember, it's only as real as your mind makes it. In this episode of Strange Stories, Quintet, we present five short tales. Our first story takes us to a very unusual awards ceremony on a distant planet. What would an alien race give out statues for? Listen and learn in... And the winner is... time to present the award you have all been waiting for. Best attack on an alien world, daring to threaten the Venetian assembly. And the nominees are Trellick for his attack on Alpha Sartanus Prime. Pollith for his attack on Charbrel. And Quignac for his attack on Bunsar. And the winner is... Quignac for his attack on Bunsar. I am so happy to inform you all that Quignac has returned from his latest expedition and is able to be with us tonight to accept this award. Members of the Venetian Assembly, Thank you for this great honor. If I may say so, the work is its own reward. From time immemorial, we of the Assembly have chosen to safeguard ourselves by preemptively launching attacks on worlds posing a threat to us. Long ago, the Governing Council decided to preserve these attacks on video as a record of our glorious military history and as a warning to others who may foolishly contemplate threatening us. The visual library we have amassed over the years is inspiring. My attack on Bunsar was glorious. We met little resistance. We were able to record the destruction of the Bunsarian capital, its spaceport, and its very fragile population. 
I'm sure you all remember the scene where my men and I attacked the drinks bar. That was an unexpected bonus. We had no idea the establishment would be so full during our strafing runs and give us such vivid footage. In closing, I bring you news of my next adventure. Tomorrow, my men and I head out for a world that is daring to threaten us with long-range probes, presumably of hostile intent. Yeltip, would you bring up the sensor image, please? Notice the lovely colors of this world. Most of the planets we must destroy are bland in appearance, grays and browns, like Bunsar. This world should present my men and me with an excellent opportunity to record a magnificent attack in vivid color heretofore unseen. And so... I hope to be standing before you next year, accepting this same award for my colorful attack on that small blue-green planet known as Earth. On behalf of my men, I thank you. In today's fast-paced world, people often put off doctor's appointments until they become absolutely necessary. Mr. Lang did just that. Luckily for him, Dr. Holland happened to be available. Our story is entitled, For an Eye. Nearly done, Mr. Lang. What were those eye drops for again? To dilate your pupils. That way, I can get a good look inside your eyes to make sure everything is all right. Oh, yes. Dr. O'Rourke used them the last time I was here. We want to be as thorough as possible. <laughs> After all, you only have two eyes. They work fast. Everything is getting brighter. That will pass. Have you worked with Doug O'Rourke long, Dr. Holland? A few months, though I usually can't do these late appointments. I have two kids at home, and my husband works very odd hours. I'm glad you could stay late for me. Thank you. These headaches I've been getting are very painful. You probably need a new prescription. With today's computer-filled world, the eyes are subject to a lot of strain. Ugh. Is something wrong? My arms have gone numb. Both of them. That's weird. You mean they've fallen asleep? Oh, I, I felt that before. This is different. It must be the way you're sitting. Poor blood <sighs> Sit up straight. But my legs, they feel the same way. Perfect. What? Those eye drops were made to do more than simply dilate your pupils. When mixed with the proper combination of rare herbs, they paralyze the limbs. They work their way into your bloodstream through your tear ducts. What's going on? Does the name Millicent Barker ring a bell? Millicent 
she was my little sister. Very impressive. I didn't realize you had that much strength left. But you won't be getting away. We can talk with you on the floor. You should be at my feet, like the animal you are. What are you doing? When I heard you wanted an eye exam, I suggested Doug take some time off so I could be here for you. The good doctor and his family are vacationing at a lovely resort in Maine. What about Millie? Millie, is it? That's awfully familiar for someone you got in the family way and then deserted. I offered to pay to take care of things. Knowing full well that Millie would refuse such a procedure, your leaving tore her apart. We found her hanging from the ceiling fan one morning. How did you learn about us? Millie wrote down everything in her diary, including about your poor eyesight. With a little research on the internet, it was easy to locate you. All I had to do was get a job here and wait. I, I can't move at all. Help, somebody! <laughs> You're wasting your voice. The windows are shut and locked. And no one will be here until Monday morning. Which gives me plenty of time. For, for what? Revenge. First, we need to finish the exam. Can you see the eye chart from the floor? What? Read the first three lines for me. You, you must be kidding. Do it! <clears throat> Y-O-U-A-R-E-D-G-E-A-D. Very good. Here's your new prescription. No, no, no! no, no! <laughs> An eye for an eye. A cautionary tale for young children. Never try to eavesdrop on your parents' parties. And more importantly, never ever try to learn what lies under the coats. We're not supposed to be in here. They think we're asleep. <laughs> well, you better not do that, Larry. Get back here. I want to hear all about the new girl in your life. I'll be right there. That was close. He almost saw us. Yeah, it's too dark in here. Mom and Dad would be upset if they knew we were hiding in their bedroom while they were having their fancy party. Hey, look at me. I'm Uncle Larry. Take off that big coat. You look silly. Silly is fun. Take it off. Why should I listen to you? Because I'm your older brother, that's why. I'm six. You're only four. I'll be right back, dear. I found the most charming wine the other day. You simply must have a glass. This is fun! <laughs> I feel like a spy! Look at all these goats. How many grown-ups are coming to this silly party? I don't know. Lots. Did you see all the food in the refrigerator? Yeah. Smelly fish. Yuck. Adults like that kind of stuff. I wonder if anybody left money in their coat. 
Prince. Maybe you wouldn't take it. Why not? They'd never miss it. That's not honest. Think of what we could do with some money. Like what? We could buy stuff. Fun stuff. Like toys and games. You can do that with money? Sure you can. How do you think we get those presents on our birthdays and Christmas? Santa. Besides him. Money? Uh-huh. Mom and Dad usually spend it on silly stuff like fish. We could buy cheeseburgers and, and ice cream. And chicken nuggets? Sure, lots of them. Hmm. I guess it wouldn't hurt to look. Start feeling in the pockets. I'm in here. <gasps> Who is that? Don't worry. It's not a grown-up. It's me. Honey. I'm waiting for you. It sounded like it came from under the coats. That's right. Money can talk? Of course I can. How? You're made out of paper. Yeah! What does money look like? It's green, with little pictures of people on it. And the people in the pictures have mouths, right? Sure. So money can talk. It makes sense. I guess so. I would love to be spent on fun things like toys and chicken nuggets instead of stinky fish. Can you help me? What do we need to do? I'm way in here, under all these coats. The grown-ups hid me so you kids wouldn't find me and have fun. I knew it! How do we get to you? Climb up on the bed, quick, before anyone else comes in. Okay. Come on, sis. Very good. Now get way under the coats so no one can see you. That's where you'll find me. Then we can have fun. Here goes. Wait for me. <laughs> Deep now. Deep. Make it so no one can see even your toes. All done. Me too. Excellent. Where are you? Right here. Here's your coat, Larry. Thanks. You'd better bundle up. It looks like rain. Wow, that's weird. What is? It's so still now. You could hear a pin drop. We're pretty set back from the road, and we have a lot of trees around. It's usually quiet here. That's one of the things that attracted us to this house. After working in town all day, it's nice to come home to some peace and quiet. <laughs> My apartment sounds like a war zone by comparison. I love it this way. The previous owner said the house likes quiet. 
Can you imagine? <laughs> a house can like something? <laughs> I'm afraid the old gent was a little off his rocker. His sister had to have him committed. He hardly ever made a peep, kept this place locked up as tight as a drum. He said he was making sure things stayed quiet so the house would be happy and take care of him. The poor man. He lost his wife. That must have been the final straw. Too bad for the old timer, but you really got a sweet deal. The house and all the furnishings. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. I think we'll be very happy here. So do I. I'm surprised Jack and Sue didn't wake up with all the noise from the party. Who? Jack and... Larry, are you okay? Uh, yeah, just fine. You looked ill for a second. Uh, it was nothing. I, I, I forget what I was saying. Senior moment in progress, huh? Are you okay? I could drive you home. No, thanks. I'm fine. Strange thing, though. I'm usually not forgetful. You're probably tired. Yeah. Oh, well. It will come to me later. Maybe, maybe not. You let us know if it does. Edna Washburn was happily surprised to see Mr. O'Brien show up at her door with just the solution to her troubles. She should have considered the odds. This story is called Pest Control. May I help you? Good morning, ma'am. I hope I didn't disturb you. You're from O'Brien's Pest Control? Yes, like it says on the truck. We're new to the area. I've been putting promotional flyers in people's mailboxes. We don't have a lot of money to spend on advertising just yet. I'm very glad you're here. You are? Just this morning, I noticed some ants in my kitchen. And I keep a clean house. I'm sure you do. Ants don't necessarily mean your house is dirty, Mrs. Uh, Washburn. It just means that the ants have found their way inside. Can you get rid of them? I sure can. I have some stuff in the truck that'll do the job, and quickly. Give me a few minutes to get my things, and then show me where those pests are. Yes, Rhonda, ants. Can you believe it? Henry and I have been here for 19 years. I don't ever remember seeing an ant in the house. He's spraying downstairs in the kitchen now. How's that? Oh, about six foot two, pretty muscular. Maybe 35. No, I didn't see any tattoos. Rhonda, I'm surprised at you. <laughs> Mrs. Washburn? I'll be right down. Goodbye, Rhonda. I, I have to go. I'll call you tonight. Coming, coming. Did everything turn out okay, Mr. O'Brien? No problem. Those ants won't be bothering you anymore. I sprayed all along the baseboards, and that's where they seem to be. Oh, that mask of yours looks uncomfortable. Yeah, but I need it since I'm in such close proximity to the spray. Is that stuff dangerous? Only while it's being applied. After that, any danger to people or pets wears off very quickly. 
Tomorrow you won't even know I was here. Just don't eat dinner off the floor tonight, though it looks like you could. <laughs> I try to keep a tidy house. You do a good job. Let me get my stuff and I'll be going. You'll mail me a bill? No, ma'am. I'm sorry. Sorry, but I only have one mask. All done, Mr. Washburn. The ant time lock I gave you worked perfectly. Yes, I'm sure she's dead. Stuff has never failed me. On the kitchen floor. A little coughing, that's all. It was as painless as I could make it, just like you asked. It will look like a heart attack, and there will be no evidence of the spray by the time you come home tonight. Don't you worry about me. I have all kinds of ways to change up that truck. Today it's O'Brien's Pest Control, after that it'll be Thompson's, and then Marino's, and then Ballard's. No one will be able to get a line on me. Ten percent of the insurance money like we agreed? It was a pleasure doing business with you. How's that? A co-worker of yours has the same problem. Sure. Give him my number. Oh, it's a her. No, makes no difference to me. A pest is a pest. In the telltale heart, Poe wrote, Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven, and in the earth I heard many things in hell. Poor Ben Covington faces a similar problem in Do You Hear What I Hear? fine, Ben. Everything checks out. I, I know it's fine. It's too fine. For my patients around your age, I don't often get a complaint that someone's hearing works too well. Well, it does. Uh, by now, we're usually looking into hearing aids. I'm telling you, Sam, I, I, I don't know how much longer I can take this. It can't be that bad. No, I hear everything like I'm sitting on top of a big speaker. Oh, no one's hearing's that sensitive. Surely you're exaggerating. 
I'm not exaggerating. I had to put my cell phone on vibrate because any ring, even the softest one, went right through me. The volume on my TV is on one and it's still too loud. Sam, I... I had to stop using my electric razor because the buzz was deafening. I've gone back to a blade. But the razor slicing the whiskers off my face sounds like a lumberjack cutting down trees. There's no indication from the tests that anything is wrong with your hearing. Have you tried earplugs? They work a little. Things get muted, but when they're in, I can sometimes hear my own heart beating like a drum. The blood rushing through my veins. I I don't know what's worse, listening to the outside world or the inside world. How are your other senses? I I know what you're getting at, and the answer is no. (laughs) My other senses are a-okay. My eyesight's still 20-20. My hearing hasn't become acute because my other senses are failing. Is this a constant thing? No, it it, it starts and stops whenever it feels like it. Thank God for that. Uh, When did you first notice it? About two weeks ago. After I treated your wrist for that fall you took in the tub. Yeah, right around then. Hey... You think there's a connection? Maybe something got jostled around in your ear canal when you slipped. Though I've never heard of anything like this in all my years of practice. What's to do? An old friend of mine, Mark Thatcher, is the top ear, nose, and throat man over at Mercy Hospital. I'll ask him to see you. His auditory equipment is much better than mine. I'm just a general practitioner. If anyone can find out what's wrong, Mark can. When can I see him? Easy, big fella. I haven't even called him yet. He's usually pretty busy. It could be a couple of weeks, even with professional courtesy. Weeks? What am I supposed to do until then? How are you sleeping? Not well. Every tick of the clock sounds like a bass drum. I can barely even eat. Anytime I bite into something, it sounds like a family of beavers has moved into my kitchen. Well, you still try, I hope. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I fall asleep from exhaustion. But then the slightest squeak of a bedspring wakes me like a gunshot. Sam... Uh, Am I going nuts? You're not going nuts, but you do need some rest. I'm writing you a prescription. I want you to have it filled right away and start taking it tonight, just before bed. You know I don't like taking pills. Only some stuff to help you sleep. You need it. I'll call Mark later on today. Maybe he can get you in early. So it might not take a couple of weeks to see him? Well, we can only hope. Uh, What do I do until then? Do whatever you can to relax. The pills will help. Also, try to go to some quiet places. Like where? Oh, the park, the library. There'd be less noise there. It'll be easier on you. I guess so. I'll get you in to see Mark as soon as possible. He'll fix you up. Mr. Covington, if you'll undress to your comfort level, I'll be right back. I beg your pardon? I said I'll be right back. Why do I need to undress? The massage will be more effective without your clothes on. How much do you want me to remove? Whatever you feel comfortable with. The less, the better. I'm surprised at you, young lady. What? I'm old enough to be your grandfather. What you're asking is most disrespectful. Sir, I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all. I have many clients, and all of them remove at least some of their clothing before a massage. It helps with the relaxation. Well, I'm glad you have many clients, because I am leaving. The very idea. 
These books are due back on the twenty seventh, Mrs. Wallace. Milford Public Library, may I help you? <sighs> so much for the relaxing library. You want to stick these needles in me? Acupuncture is an ancient art, sir. It can help with many troubles, including tension. I don't like the idea of getting jabbed with these things, even if it's only for a second. You don't fully understand the procedure, Mr. Covington. Acupuncture is not like receiving an injection. I will leave the needles in your body. Y you will? Yes. Uh, f for how long? About 20 minutes should suffice. 20? You want to stick me with a needle for 20 minutes? Not a needle. The procedure you are requesting will require a dozen or so needles. A, a dozen? Sorry, but this isn't for me. It's okay, Roscoe. It's only myself. Hello? This is Ben Covington. Ben, Sam Bradley. I have some good news. Mark had a cancellation. I can get you in to see him tomorrow morning at 11. How's that for you? That's great. I'll be there. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Now, you know where Mercy Hospital is. Sure. I've been there before. The ear, nose, and throat department is on the fifth floor. Receptionist is named Katie. Lovely girl. Tell her you're a referral from me. <laughs> Will do. How have things been going these past few days? So-so. Have you been taking your prescription? Yes, doctor. Did you go to the library? Yes, and it didn't work. How about the park? No, I, I haven't gone there yet. Maybe I will this afternoon. It's worth a try. Don't you worry, pal. Mark Thatcher will get to the bottom of this. Well, Mrs. Denton, I haven't seen you in some time. Yes, it has been a while, hasn't it? And I was old Spike Ben. There's a good boy. Oh, he's fine. He has to go to the vet in a couple of days, so he's not going to be happy about that. <laughs> I would think not. I had a beagle growing up. Butcher's name was. God, I love that dog. You have a cat now, too? What? Oh, no. That's a stray. She hangs around the park. I call her Minerva. Well, hello, Minerva. Her coat is pretty white for being a stray. You'd think... How's the plan coming along, Spike? Very well. It shouldn't be more than a couple of days before we're ready to put it into action. The humans... Uh, did you say something, Mrs. Denton? No, nothing at all. 
What did you hear? Something about a, a plan? Not me. The human. He can hear us. How's that possible? I don't know, but he can't be allowed to spoil our plan for world domination. I'll see to it that he's taken care of. Good. We've waited too long to turn the tables on the humans. You! That voice came from you! Minerva? If you'll excuse me, I'll I'll be heading home now. Are you all right? I'm fine, thanks. Would you like me to see you home? No, that's okay. My doctor put me on some medication. I, I, I think I'm having a reaction to it. It's no trouble, really. Thanks, but I'm only a couple of blocks away. I think I'll just go home and take a rest. Good day, Mrs. Denton. Good day. I hope you feel better. It won't be long now. This is getting worse. I'm starting to imagine things now. Animals talking? Jeez! I'd better call Sam. No, no, that's not what I should do. I've bothered him enough. Besides, I'm going to see Dr. Thatcher in less than 24 hours. I can make it until then. (laughs) Animals talking. Who am I? Dr. Doolittle? It must have been the sun playing tricks on me. I know. I'll make myself a drink. A little early in the day, but too bad. That'll calm my nerves. Roscoe, how are you? Come here, boy. Come here. Roscoe? What's what's wrong? Roscoe? What? What is it? No, boy. No. 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 Welcome home, dear. Dinner will be ready in about five minutes. Great, I'm starving. How was your day? Oh, about the same as any other. What smells so good? (laughs) It's only spaghetti and meatballs. Yum. I'll be in the kitchen. Hello there, Bonnie. How's my favorite feline doing today? Ow! That son of a... Mm. What happened, Sam? Bonnie swiped at me. Did you scare her? I didn't do a thing. Oh, my. She broke the skin. It doesn't look too bad, though. Let's go to the kitchen and wash it off. Why would she have done that? I don't know. It's very unlike her.
Strange Stories has presented Quintet, a collection of five short tales. In And the Winner is, you heard Deborah Adams as the hostess and Jan Anderson as Quignac. For an Eye featured Elise Crowick as Dr. Holland and Russell Gold as Mr. Lang. Heard in Under the Coats were Maureen Boutier as Sue, Katie Daynert as Jack, Russell Gold as Dad, Michael Liebman as Larry, Deborah Adams as Mom, and Dave Morgan as The Voice. Starring in Pest Control were Kim Giannopoulos as Edna Washburn and Glenn Haskell as Mr. O'Brien. And featured in Do You Hear What I Hear were Russell Gold as Ben Covington, Dave Morgan as Dr. Sam Bradley, Deborah Adams as the masseuse, Michael Liebman as the librarian, Tanya Malevich as the acupuncturist, Kim Giannopoulos as Mrs. Denton, Deborah Adams as Minerva, Jan Anderson as Spike, and Elise Crowick as Michelle Bradley. The stories in Quintet were written and produced by Mike Murphy. Assistant producer, Captain John Tatterzak. Your mixer was Daniel Krempa. Music for the series was composed and performed by William Kripchinski. Please visit his website at pureshift.com. Script editor, Arlene Osborne. Webmaster, April Sadowski. Art director, Alexa Chipman. Visit us on the web at misfitsaudio.com and on Facebook. Thanks to Captain John Tatterzak for airing this show. Mike Murphy gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. All the characters portrayed herein are fictitious. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. I'm your narrator, Steve Anderson. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2013. All rights reserved.